Welcome to the CBA Grain Exchange Podcast. This is your host, Luke Beckman, Grain Sales Manager for Central Valley Ag. During this podcast, we dissect the latest USDA updates and discuss other key market features. Every month, you will hear from different members of the CBA Grain Team on what trends we are seeing in the marketplace and solutions to current marketing challenges. Hey everybody, October, middle of harvest. Welcome back. Episode number eight of the CBA Grain Exchange. I'm Luke Beckman. Uh, joined today by Caleb Felster, uh, Caleb, a grain specialist for us up in Elgin. Caleb, welcome to the CBA Grain Exchange. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your background. I'm originally from Elgin, Nebraska. I grew up on a cattle ranch west of town here. I went to the University of Nebraska Lincoln, graduated there in 2016, uh, got involved in the meat industry, uh, more particularly on the pork side, uh, buying cash hogs for a packing house in Fremont, Nebraska. And from there, I landed here back in Elgin, Nebraska as a grain specialist for CBA. So a cattle rancher turned row crop uh, grain buyer. That's a great, that's a great story, <laughs> but we appreciate the perspective, Caleb, and it's all ag. So we're, uh, we're glad to have you here. Um, Caleb, you know, being here, you've been here a year and a half with CBA. Uh, you were in the meat industry. Uh, you come from a ranching background. What's something that surprised you about CBA once you started here? Uh, something that's kind of surprised me about CVA is uh, their their footprint, not only in Nebraska, but in the United States in general. Uh, we export quite a lot of grain from uh, Nebraska to both uh, the Gulf of Mexico and to the Pacific. But not only our big uh, impact there, but how small we are with the cooperative system. You know, everyone's a local. We hire local people. We help the local farmers out. And so uh, just uh, how we can reach our hands around everything. Yeah, really interesting that, you know, you got that, you have that local ownership here uh, in rural Nebraska, Kansas, and Iowa, but we have that global reach mm-hmm. as well. And, and CBA is able to connect our producers to uh, really global, a global marketplace. Uh, pretty interesting concept. So, uh, well, Caleb, glad to have you. We're going to talk about the October uh, S&D report today. Uh, man, the green markets have just been a wild ride here. I mean, we we were talking earlier this week about you know, it was really June when uh, corn carryouts were being pegged at, you know, 3.3 billion bushels, uh, soybeans at 650 million bushels. And uh, we're working on being about half of that today in the matter of, uh, you know, three three months or a little over three months, how things have changed of being burdened by supply to being in a demand-led uh, market and a demand-led rally. So, Lots to talk about today, and uh, we're glad we have you here to dissect it. But let's talk about the October S&D. Those numbers out at 11 o'clock on Friday the 9th here. Uh, so the stocks report a week ago was a shocker for both corn and beans. Uh, we we uh, uh, Stocks numbers came in, you know, 250 million bushels below expectation. So that was factored into the old crop balance sheet today. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, basically, feed residual demand was up 227 million bushels. Uh, to make those numbers work. So no surprise there. New crop side, uh, planted acres come down a million, uh, harvested acres come down a million. Uh, Harvested acre, or excuse me, yield relatively unchanged down a 10th of a bushel to 178.4. On the demand side of the ledger today for new crop, USDA cut feed and residual by 50. We cut ethanol by 50 uh, due to a slow start, of course, and some uh, COVID hangovers there. Uh, and then uh, they left exports unchanged, which was a little bit interesting considering the pace of exports we've had in corn lately. Uh, so overall, uh, you distill that to the bottom line, 
and uh, ending stocks go from 2.5 billion down to 2.167 billion bushels. Uh, that's 336 million bushel cut to new crop. Stocks to use ratio at 14.9%. On the global side, um, nothing super notable. They did leave Chinese corn imports at 7 million metric tons. Um, we all know that that number is higher. Um, that'll be acknowledged at some point. Uh, Ukrainian production coming down a little bit as they're dry there, uh, and their exports come down as well. So uh, stocks getting tighter across the globe. Caleb, what were your takeaways today? You know, the first thing that I was looking at was uh, the yield. You know, that's that's what the farmer wants to know and what they want to talk about. Uh, the one thing that I was really uh, really watching there was the, was the carryout, and that's a number like you said we've been watching here over the last couple months. How it's almost been cut in half. And so from a 2.5 to a 2.1, I think that's going to get the market kind of uh, somewhat excited here. Um, it's at least going to help us stabilize to, to where we're at here. Um, you know, and the big thing that we're watching going forward here is the actual production. Uh, we know about the storm that went through Iowa here uh, in August. Um, we're hearing reports some of those acres are getting harvested. Uh, it's a slow grind. You know, how many of those acres will get harvested? Is it good quality corn? And so as we go forward in the November, December, January months, those are some of the numbers there that I'm watching. Um, if that storm did have as big of an impact as what we initially thought, I, I look for these numbers to possibly even get uh, get smaller for the carryout. Yeah, and really, you know, it's a com combination of uh, the supply side of the equation. You know, what about demand? Anything mm -hmm. stick out to you as you look at those numbers today? You know, I, I would expect demand to keep keep going up. You know, we've every day we've seen that uh, we're getting some outside interest in our grains, uh, corn and beans here. Um, kind of, you know, they didn't really change exports. Um, that's been kind of hot here lately. Um, I'm kind of looking for that number to increase here going forward if we keep seeing the amount of uh, buying that we've seen here in the last month and a half. Yeah, really month over month, uh, demand was actually cut today. So between mm -hmm. ethanol and feed demand down 100 million bushels, so the U.S. today has uh, a 10 million metric ton export book onto China. You know, that's really been the surprise um, to the degree of what they were, they've been taking. Uh, industry contacts, and we really expect that number to be uh, closer to 12 to 15 million metric tons yet. So there's some additional business that probably needs to be accounted for. Uh, USDA may be taking the approach of, you know, we'll acknowledge that when, it's, when we know that it's happening. Uh, but I think when you look at the futures market, futures market's anticipating that that's going to happen. It's, it is a futures market for a reason. It's anticipating things that, that could or will happen. So um, corn did perform well today. Uh, we found our highs after the numbers came out. Uh, corn finished, December corn finished eight higher at 395. That was just three cents off the highs today. So uh, really a, a good performance by corn. Uh, pretty close to $4 these futures, which is... Um, been a wild ride here in the last three months. Let's uh, let's talk about soybeans, Caleb. Uh, interesting set of numbers there today too. So of course we had the bullish stocks report a, a week ago on the beans, where it was about 50 million bushels uh, less than what uh, we were expecting. So ending stocks did come down 52 million. Largely the big adjustment there was just residual. Uh, they had to go from a negative residual. Uh, to a positive, and uh, really that made the difference on uh, making the numbers work for old crop beans. On the new crop side of things, um, planted acres came down 700,000, as did harvested yield. They left that unchanged. 
Um, on the demand side of things, we did see uh, exports go up 75 million bushels. So the USDA is acknowledging, of course, that we've got a really good start to the year uh, in terms of soybean exports. Um, so overall, that cut ending stocks by 170 million bushels. Big cut in the beans, a little bit bigger than what the market was expecting. So we go from 460 down to 290 million bushels on the beans. Stocks to use ratio down at 6.4% uh, in the soybean market. Uh, globally, no changes to the South American uh, production estimates. Of course, they're trying to get their crop planted right now and off to a slow start. So uh, USDA not willing to acknowledge you know, that there's any issues there. Of course, it is, it is early. But Caleb, your takeaways as you look at the uh, soybean numbers today? Uh, my takeaway is, uh, is things are things are getting tight, and there's a lot of things, a lot of irons in the fire here right now. Um, kind of like you said, the, the big surprise, or maybe not surprise, but the big thing we're looking at here was the 2021 U.S. carryout, uh, going from 460 million down to 290. I mean, we're seeing another a, a big cut. Like you said, four or five months ago, that was you know 600 million or, or close to that range. So. Things are getting tighter here. The next thing to kind of look at is the yield. You know, right now we're pegged at 51.9. Didn't change it from last month. You know, personally, I feel like that number might be just a bit strong. I know some bean yields, at least in Northeast Nebraska here, are relatively strong given the weather conditions. But uh, as dry as it was across the Corn Belt here, I'm looking for that to be shaved off here a little bit. And with the amount of exports uh, going on and buying every, every day, almost it seems like, um, it looks like the supply is going to start to get a little tight here. Um, kind of, you, you talked about it here a little bit before is having the weather problems down in, uh, down South in Brazil and, uh, Argentina. Um, you know, that's, uh, it's pretty early in the game there, but, uh, we get through the next month and, and things are still too dry and they can't get planted. Uh, U.S. soybeans are going to look, uh, look like a top commodity there for the outside markets. So, um, something to kind of keep watching. These the carryout keeps getting smaller here. Um, I think it's uh, supportive towards the market. Absolutely, and you know, so South America is trying to plant their crop right now. Um, it's their April, if you will, uh, in the month of October, and it's dry, so they're waiting for some moisture to uh, make sure that their, you know, uh, soybean seeds can germinate, corn can germinate, and, and get going. Really, this has implications for corn too, because even though Brazil and Argentina plant a lot of beans, uh, Brazil plants second crop corn behind their soybeans. And that happens in February after the beans come off. If you start to delay, to delay that process and push your soybean harvest deeper into February, it really causes issues with their second crop corn. We've seen a correlation in the US for several years where uh, if the safrina crop is very good, our exports in the second half of the marketing year uh, take a hit. If the safrina crop is poor, you know, we really see uh, exports in the U.S. pick up the second half of the marketing year. So definitely want to watch uh, planting pace uh, for South America here the next 30 to 40 days. Okay, so beans today um, didn't close quite as strong as corn. November beans up 15 at 1065, but they were 14 cents off their high. Uh, so beans did peel back a little bit and you got a lot of wacky things going on with the spreads in beans. Uh, if you go out and look at March futures, for example, uh, March futures were up 25 at 1048. Well, they were only three cents off their highs. So you got a lot of interesting spread uh, scenarios taking place in the bean market. That really has to do with strong demand, trying to pull beans forward. Uh, there's a lot of volatility right now in the bean market. 
So one thing we want to transition into and get your thoughts on, Caleb, is 2021, because the market's kind of risen. It's given us an opportunity for this current crop. Is it too early to start thinking about 2021? No, it's not. Um, I, I don't think most uh, most producers have put uh, a whole lot of thought into 21, given where we're at this uh, this entire marketing year. But uh, it's it's time to really start thinking about uh, getting something on the books for the, the 2021 marketing year. Okay, so guys uh, starting to think about that. For somebody who is, where do you start? How do you like to structure things? For me personally, on the corn side, the December 21, uh, I'm right away I'm getting 5% done at a $4 hedge or for cash sale with $4 in front of the futures part of it. Um, I think right away, 5% there with a four in front of it. I mean, how often do we have a chance to do that off the December 20 here in the last, uh, last 12 months? So right out of the gates there. And then on beans, uh, I'm looking at the $10 futures mark. You know, if we can get a cash sale around that 915, 920 range for uh, new crop beans next year, I think I'd be taking my first five to 10% there. Uh, there's quite an inverse from November 20 to November 21 on beans right now. So we get to that $10 mark, I'd be a seller there. Okay, so getting in some early sales started, uh, you know, at attractive levels, you know, and you kind of referenced a couple different ways to do that, either uh, through hedges, uh, or, you know, even cash, uh, nothing wrong with either of those strategies. Outside of just those levels, what are some other things you like to incorporate, Caleb, into those marketing plans? Yep. So once we get that uh, taken care of, one thing that uh, I always urge producers to do is let's get some offers on the books. And, you know, talking corn specifically here from Deese 21, we've got uh, we've times on our side here. It's only October of this year. We're just starting to harvest this year's corn. And so get some offers out there and we can afford to be a little bit aggressive right now, have some uh, higher up offers. So my second offer would be a 425 and I'd throw another one at 450, uh, 5% on each level. So if all three of those were to fill, you'd be at 15% sold. But uh, CVA does offer a couple of other marketing opportunities to build your portfolio. We offer a, a grain advisor program. I always urge guys to put five to 10% on that. And we offer our averaging program and that's another uh, five to 10%. So going into next uh, April, there's a, you have a good opportunity to have anywhere from 15 to 25 percent of your crop uh, sold going in there, and uh, we know the seasonal game. And so if we take advantage of, if we have the summer highs like we have in the previous years, um, to take advantage of that, then yeah, you know seasonals. You referenced that, and and uh, this past year not a great year for seasonals. Uh, there's no no way around that. We've really talked as that carryout gets a little bit smaller. Uh, it's going to put some some onus back on production. You know, the market should be concerned about growing a good crop both in South America and the U.S. We talk about seasonals. That should be in play again next year. Yeah, you would sure think so. You'd sure think, you know, corn, you know, we see anywhere between May 30th and July 1st, you know, we're hitting the high there. And, and the one thing, again, that I urge guys is, you know, if, if you have opportunity to lock in a profit, uh, don't be afraid to do that and take advantage of it and uh, look at it in a game of percentages. Um, don't get hung up on just one sale. Look at how much you're pre-sold at and uh, keep, uh, keep growing your book. Now, a little bit at a time uh, is a really great approach. Uh, grain marketing is not going to be 100% um, at any point. You know, you just, you're not going to get everything right. So uh, diversify your risk, selling percentages, use different programs, uh, some great uh, principles that you're communicating there, Caleb. Okay, so looking ahead, uh, we've got the October WASD out of the way. We're kind of in the middle of harvest. Caleb, what are some things you'd encourage producers to be thinking about here the next 
two to three weeks. Uh, the first thing is if you have to move corn out of the field, you don't have enough bend space. Uh, let's uh, let's make sure we get that uh, sold above a 390 futures level. Get something hedged or get something with something sold with a 390 futures on there at least. Uh, we're at 395 here today is where we closed at, I believe. Um, you know, look how far we've come since the lows here in, in June, July this last summer. So make sure you get that locked up. Uh, make sure that your bushels that you are putting into the bend that are unpriced. Make sure you're always looking for a marketing opportunity there. Uh, don't be uh, don't be sitting on those bushels come next September with uh, no price on there. So you see something on the deferred months, take advantage of it. And the third thing I have is uh, uh, for a quick ship basis, take advantage of it. When you see a little bit of move in the basis and you have your have your bushels uh, with futures price on there, don't be afraid to take advantage of it and uh, lock in a good cash value for you. Uh, producers can take advantage of those situations using CBA's contracts and the uh, different programs that we have. Uh, and that's why we've got a team of grain specialists across CBA's footprint to really work with our producers and uh, connect the dots on those solutions and uh, create uh, winning combinations for our producers. Well, Caleb, really appreciated the conversation. These markets are dynamic, they're volatile, they're moving and changing all the time. Uh, you need somebody to work with to help guide you and kind of be a voice of reason sometimes. So thank you for being on the show. Now that's going to do it for episode number eight of the CBA Grand Exchange. Uh, join us next month in November. That'll be the last uh, yield update that we will get from the USDA uh, before the final one that they report in January. So uh, midst to harvest, stay safe. We'll connect with you next month. Thanks for listening to the CBA Grain Exchange. Stay up to date on all things CBA Grain by signing up for our grain emails at cbacoop.com slash grain or follow us on social media at Central Valley Ag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next month and until then, stay safe.